Welcome to A Moment with Modern Mentors, a podcast series by Digital Collective Co, where we soak up wisdom, anecdotes, and actionable tips from Australian startups, female founders, business leaders, industry pioneers, and C-suite executives. My name is Nick Cooper, or Coops, as my friends call me. I run a eco-adventure company here based in Melbourne and the Mornington Peninsula, which offers multi-activity day trips. It gives people the opportunity to connect with nature close to Melbourne and around the Mornington Peninsula. I operate as a regenerative tourism company. Hi, it's Mia from A Moment with Modern Mentors. And this week we're interviewing Nick Cooper from Wild Adventures Melbourne. Wham! Nick started Wild Adventures Melbourne at the beginning of a pandemic. It's a tour company and it is sustainably focused to conscious travellers. And actually, you don't need to be a conscious traveller to use the service. He's done this incredible spin on tourism where he's really looked after the local environment. He's based in the Mornington Peninsula. He does things from stand-up paddleboarding to mountain bike riding. He meanders the tours through local vineyards and really supports local businesses that are lending themselves to a, a sustainable business model. He is fascinating and inspiring and he's got a, a huge amount of tips and thoughts that you'll take on board and really enjoy. So in Joy, this is Nick from Wild Adventures Melbourne, and we had a great chat. Hi, Nick. It's so great to have you on a moment with Modern Mentors. This is episode 11, and this season, season two, is all about a call for change. So you are making huge change in your space. Yeah, I'm so excited. We actually got introduced through someone that had reached out to Digital Collective and works in this space, Margie. So it was a great connection and really glad that we've met. Obviously, by your accent, you're an Englishman. Tell us a little bit about how you ended up in the Mornington Peninsula. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I grew up in the southeast of England, in, in the countryside there in Kent, or as they know, the Garden of England. So I spent my childhood sort of going on adventures around the countryside there. And then in 1995, when I was 11 years old, my parents opened up our family home into a guest house or a bed and breakfast. So from the age of 11, I was sort of infused into into tourism. And every day there was different people from different nationalities in the house and talking and, and becoming fascinated with hearing stories from people's countries from around the world. And yeah, where we lived was kind of not too far away from where you would get the the ferry or go in the tunnel over to France. So a lot of Europeans coming through, but also Australians and, and Kiwis and things. And I just became obsessed. I just had this sort of fascination with trying to know more and understand more. So as soon as school finished, I saved up for a year and then went off traveling. And genuinely, ever since then, I've been working in tourism or lots of places around the world, you know, whether that's a ski resort or tour guiding to multiple countries or, or here in Australia as well. Yeah. And I think along the way kind of saw some shocking realities of tourism, good, bad and ugly, you know, and eventually I met my wife in Spain. We actually met at the tomato throwing festival, La Tomatina in Spain, world's biggest food fight. <laughs> and we ended up moving over here to, to, to Melbourne, which I'd been to quite a few times before. We came over here about seven years ago. And finally, I was in one place and had the opportunity from all of this stuff I've learned about tourism and all the stuff that I, I saw that was great and all the stuff that was not so great and kind of had the opportunity to launch a company. And so last year, 
I went into the deep end and launched Wild Adventures Melbourne. Amazing. Oh, that's such a great story. And I can imagine, well, one thing I wanted to kind of acknowledge was you had known what you wanted to do from such a young age. It's so, so lucky and fortunate. And then you kind of felt a passion and drive towards seeing that out through your career. Tell us a little bit about your career too, because I believe that you've meandered through a tourism career to get to this point. And obviously I suppose seen a lot of the right ways of running tourism and, and not tell us a little bit about your journey there. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of worked in all all aspects of tourism, but mainly it's been consumer facing and tour guiding and delivering an experience from there. And for me, that's the the best job in the world is to basically show people a, a good time and, you know, educate them about places and showcase an amazing destination as well. So, you know, I started off over in in Europe doing sort of ski guiding and snowboard guiding in ski resorts and then went on to sort of doing those hop on hop off coaches and <laughs> doing uh, tour guiding on that and doing walking tours, a lot of tour guiding on walking tours. And quite often over in Europe, it was on season, off season. So quite often you worked for seven months and then it was a quieter season. So then went off traveling around the world and, and became a tourist myself, I guess, and, yeah. and explored all of these different countries and, and, and cultures and things like that. Yeah, and then eventually got got over here to to Melbourne. You know, ended up working more in sort of uh, office environments within mm-hmm. tourism as well. And then I realised that my true heart is actually out there. You know, delivering an an experience. And I would say my craft. And you know, I'm, I'm not saying this is as skilled as anyone else. Lots of people's out there as, as uh, crafts, but my craft would be like building experience, delivering a day out or a multi-day out that really ticks a lot of boxes for what people want from that experience. So I was always going to be orientated to do something, combining that sort of background in tourism and growing up, going on adventures in the countryside and then Mm. going around the world to lead me to, to Wham or Wild Adventures Melbourne, where we are now. Awesome. And so tell us a little bit about like some of the adventures that you have programmed with Wild Adventures Melbourne. Tell us a little bit about how they work and how you've integrated some of the experiences in your background to get to this point. I noticed that there's some amazing adventure companies in Australia. Quite often they're away from the city, so a little bit of a drive away. They're sort of, for example, here in Victoria in the Grampians or in Gippsland and things like that, which mm. is fantastic. But One of the things I love about Melbourne is how you can connect with nature really, really easily. I think that comes from growing up near London and it's quite hard to get out into the countryside from there as well. So with Melbourne, I was like, there's there's this amazing nature that's literally on the doorstep of the city, you know, within an hour, within half an hour and things like that. And I want to showcase that. I love getting into nature. It's super important for people's physical and, and mental health. One of the ways love doing that is 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 showing it in a different way. So that's why we ended up bringing in multi activities. So I went away and got qualified as a stand up paddleboard instructor, as a mountain bike instructor. You know, did all my first aids and surf life saving and things like that, and understanding about bushwalking. So then could bring these sort of combination of experiences into days out from Melbourne. So we have everything from sunrise experiences which take people at sunrise when wildlife as you know is the most sort of abundant 
you know, floating down a, a river or, or a lake, not far from Melbourne, but it feels like you're in, in the middle of the wilderness, awesome. you know, and you might see wombats passing by or, or kangaroos or, or even platypus in the water and things like that. So super magical experience, but at the same time, you're being quite active whilst, whilst seeing those, but, but not disturbing that, that wildlife and that nature as well. And I think that was really important for me. If, if, if I was going to offer an an experience it was to have the positive impact on the mm. on the environment and and the community as well so that's led on to full day trips that we we do as well down here on the mornington peninsula and another thing that that we try and do at wild adventures melbourne is when you go on a day out there's more to one one element of the place that you're going to so here on the mornington peninsula there's, there's some amazing wineries but there's there's more than a wine tour there's more than a hiking tour there's more than the hot springs although all of those things are absolutely amazing yeah. so we try and bring them all together when we're going to meals or anything like that we we try and support sustainably conscious venues as well to try and align everything across the organization to be as sustainable and regenerative as it can be well tell us about that that's exactly what i was going to lead into actually so your business is quite different in the in the thinking because you're really trying to spread a bit of a sustainable message but Talk us through, you know, you kind of talked about some of the things that were being done so well in your experience over the years. How have you brought all that in thinking into WAM? I think at the time as well, seeing these different things, whether I was traveling or working in tourism and seeing these, these negative effects of tourism, I think subconsciously I must have made mental notes at them at, mm-hmm. at the time. And that could be anything from over-tourism, you know, it could be huge amounts of people sort of descending onto a, a mm. really small location that's particularly beautiful, but then leaving their mark, whether that's leaving litter or leaving um, pollution or just not not doing great for that, that environment or that community mm. as well. But then I also saw that, you know, operators as well, like tourism operators were handing out a plastic bottle of water to every single person on that on yeah. massive coach or all of their focus was on the guest experience but it wasn't on the environmental and the community consequences of that yeah. experience as well. And so when it came to WAM, I wanted to be, I didn't want to be part of the problem. I wanted to have a positive difference in everything I do. And as much of a focus for us of giving a great experience to our guests is making sure that the environment is, is looked after and supported and the community is looked after and supported. So there's kind of lots of ways that we're doing that. But I noticed with tourism from a community perspective as well, is that some communities, they don't like tourists. They don't want tourists there. You know, yeah. you, the Barcelonas on the Venices of, um, of this world, even places, you know, here in Australia, some of the communities don't like these coach loads of, of tourists coming on as well. And I thought, you know what, if I can do little actions mm. to benefit all three of those elements, community, environment, and the guest, then they're all going to end up supporting each other as well. And that could be something as simple as we carry portable bins on our adventures. And for me and for the guests, that makes zero impact on that guest day experience. It takes a second to pick up a bit of rubbish, but someone from the community might see us picking up rubbish and they go, actually, this tour operator actually will be more welcoming to these mm. tourists and all of that. And then it kind of comes all full circle for the community giving a better experience to the tourists the tourists advocating for more people to come here and then more responsible tourists etc <laughs> yeah so tell us a little bit about those things that you've changed like what are those 
actions like that example that you've just given what else are you doing i mean do you how do you supply water do you tell tell people to bring their own bottles or what's your what do you, what actions do you put in place to kind of make make that difference yeah it was it when setting up uh, wham it was all a lot of puzzles to solve so <laughs> it was like okay well you know we're going to have these guests coming onto our adventures and they'll be on the vehicle for the day and then we'll be stopping off along the way how do i eliminate their need to have any sort of damage to the to the environment or anything like that but okay well you know can i provide them with all of their reusable bottles and things like that for the day and all of that but then you kind of once you start looking at the cost of all of that then then you've got to see <laughs> it's viable and things like that as well so then i started going okay well let's do an eco pack we provide all of our guests with an eco pack and that provides basically everything that they're going to need for that day yeah. so as though you were getting on a, a plane you know you get those packs when you get on the plane almost like they'll get one of those packs except these ones are are probably a lot better for the environment and they're all from local businesses so we're trying to sort of support and showcase local businesses but that includes like a reusable bottle and a reusable coffee cup which which the guests get to use for the day and then got you know water on board yeah so oh. fill up those, those waters as they go throughout the day it's got a towel as well like i've noticed that you know a lot of towels can be bad for the environment like they can be made of the wrong materials they can take away sand from the beaches and all of that sort of stuff so, well i'm taking people in the water they're going to need a towel so the towels i use are by a local business called summerside and they make their towels out of recycled bottles so it's diverting plastic bottles away from the ocean the place that we're going and then it's also providing them with like a towel service for the day to give them that nice experience as well and then it was looking at sunscreen well okay i'm going to take people into the ocean and i thought people can wear their own sunscreen and and sometimes people don't know that the sunscreen they're wearing is damaging for the ocean so I thought, okay, well, is there a reef safe sunscreen from here? And then there's a there's a local company based here on the Mornington Peninsula called Sun Butter, amazing couple that run it, Sasha and Tom. And they have this reef safe, the only plastic-free container sunscreen in Australia. And I thought, you know what, I'm gonna provide that free. So I invested in the sunscreen so I can provide that free to to all Amazing. of my guests. So I know everyone I'm taking in the ocean, there's no oil slip <laughs> coming off the side of them. They're just um, doing that from there. So there's a lot of little things like that, but that's kind of, I suppose, the visible stuff, but there's a lot of sort of behind the scenes going on, things like offsetting everyone's emissions to plant trees, but then where are those trees being planted? Well, the emissions I'm creating are, are here in Victoria and Australia. So I need to invest in someone that plants trees here in, in Australia and Victoria. So it was kind of, you know, really with a fine tooth comb, digging into every aspect of that guest experience with us and how we operate and then just trying to make it positive in in everywhere we turn. That's awesome. That is just an incredible narrative to put against your business and so meaningful because you've got so many different ways of kind of demonstrating your actual beliefs. What's been the response from your audiences? Some of them thought they could keep the packs. <laughs> <laughs> I can buy it at the end. <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly right. And, you know, you learn as you kind of um, give this information and all of that. So those packs yeah. went from here's your pack for a day for, here's your pack with a little note on the side of it <laughs> saying what's included. And we give everyone a little sustainable gift of these bamboo straws from a company based here on the peninsula called The Other Straw. So, you know, they do have a little gift to take home and stuff. And like you say, they can 
purchase from from these local businesses afterwards mm. with all of that stuff as well so yeah so the reaction has been been amazing and it and it's everything like you know when you get onto a tour vehicle or something like that like i wanted their first impression to be really nice so i even uh, there's a company here in victoria a skincare company called dindy naturals a sustainable skincare company and i even have like a diffuser going as they get onto the vehicle in the morning so it smells like a you know those beautiful hotels or restaurants <laughs> yeah you get that smell and i just think well for me it's all a you know that that sort of follow uh, through the whole experience exactly right the eye to detail might be a little bit over the top but i feel like <laughs> it's little things like that that make a difference and and at the same time it's giving people all of these things in the eco packs which are beneficial to them but also the environment and then maybe they go home and they go you know what i'm gonna I'm going to use a sustainable towel. I'm going to use a reef safe sunscreen and they're going to make potential changes in their life without me on the tour going, what are you doing? You know, like people hate being told what to do and people have to be on their own journey when becoming more responsible and eco-conscious. But if I can provide things to inspire or give them ideas, then fantastic. And do you feel like most people that do book your tour and your your experience have come because of your kind of sustainable lean or are they just kind of looking at the stand-up paddleboarding or bike riding and they're finding you and then realising the that you're a kind of an eco-led business? I found it's been a real mix, actually, of people coming on it. I mean, the sustainable or the conscious traveller these days is is mainstream it's not a niche thing anymore and yeah it's it's not like a traveler is gonna look for a vegan restaurant in every place they go and an eco-friendly accommodation but part of their decision making process part of it would mm. be these eco-friendly options so i found you know that's that's the bulk you know people that do go oh wow the reason we booked you in the end was because of all these these extra things people want to give back these days you know with all of these things like climate change and you know the bushfires and over in europe at the moment there's devastating flooding going on and things like that as well people are like wow this climate change is hitting us in the face <laughs> we just want to give back and, and and do good and if they can come on an experience and have a great time without even doing anything they're actually having a positive impact then that's a great thing but you're right i mean i've had i've had people book who are only interested in about mountain biking <laughs> so then i might dial back how much I talk about some of the, you know, some of the, some of the things. <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, just by osmosis almost, you know, you're kind of sharing the thinking that's got you to this point. And I suppose without pushing your views on them, they're going to be absorbing a way of, of living and a way of being a tourist that isn't hurting the environment. The positive impact bit by bit is kind of making a big impact overall. You know, some amazing glowing experiences I saw on your website, you had some feedback from guests. Tell us a little bit about some of those responses that you've had from people. People just love, I suppose, as I mentioned before, the sort of level of detail of, of what goes into the day and the, the variation of activities throughout the day as well. So I suppose variety is the spice of life, isn't it? And people like to do kind of lots of different elements. And that's exactly what we try and do on our tours. But the comments of sustainability are quite consistent on the, mm. on the reviews I get about Wild Adventures Melbourne. So it's obviously noticeable that I'm really trying to work as hard as I can to really support not only the local businesses, the community, but every location I go to, I want to be doing the right thing 
every yeah. single time. And so that's great to see to see that. And I'm still, you know, it's still relatively early in the sort of journey of this business as, as we grow. But I found that a lot of articles have been written about us because we're relatively unique in the, in, in the way that we deliver these sort of multi activity experiences where people get to learn a skill of stand up paddleboarding or mountain biking but at the same time they get to give back and taste mm. local produce and experience the local nature of the area and wildlife and things like that and it would have been kind of like a tourism experience that was open to international customers or guests and then inter- interstate guests and now <laughs> with all the lockdowns you're very much servicing a local network aren't you so tell us a little bit of how you've had to kind of adapt your business even though it's so young to your local audience yeah 100 percent. i mean launching a business during covid is a is a terrible idea <laughs> a, a tourism business anyway <laughs> It's been years in the making, you know, it's been a long time of me going to this point of thought, you know what, we we just continue and we scale down and we operate just at the sort of weekends at the moment as well. It's really interesting one without international tourists with such unreliable borders, I guess, you know, interstaters aren't really coming. I think I heard the other day, it's sort of 85% down on interstate visitors yeah. coming into the state and things. So it's not really a case of relying on them. So it's like looking at that local audience. That's a challenge, you know, quite often people don't do experiences where they live. You know, you do experiences when you go away and things like that, or people feel like they can do it themselves. So one of the challenges for me is getting the word out. Well, actually, it'd be very hard for them to come here on the morning to Peninsula and get their stand up pedal boards and go on a lesson and a tour and then have a winery picnic and then get to the hot springs and then it's actually an experience that can't really be replicated. So that's, I guess, what what I've been trying to do is trying to look at our local audience, but I'm tweaking and adapting all the time to try and suit that local audience. And it seems like there's some people or a lot of people right now, just during this current crazy world that we're living in that might not want to hang about with strangers. Wham only has eight people on our tours with small group experiences, but sometimes people don't want to hang out with any strangers. They want to see their friends and family, but they they don't want to hang out with strangers right now. So I was like, okay, well, let's create a self-guided experience. So we're based here on Arthur's seat on the Mornington Peninsula, which has got amazing mountain bike trails. And then at the bottom of Arthur's seat, there's this sort of hub or treasure trove of sustainably conscious breweries and distilleries and urban wineries and all of that. And we've also got Arthur Sea Eagle, the gondola that goes up the hill for me. And I thought that's a perfect self-guided adventure. So yes. then people can go on an experience, go on an adventure, connect with nature, but they don't have to hang about with other people. You know, they can do it on their own if they want and all of that. And, and Wham will provide them a full support service, will provide them their bike hire, their tickets, their tasting paddles. At the and then brewery. they go and do it on their own. And then they can do it on their own. So it's just trying things like that, that people might go, oh, actually, we want to get outside. We want to connect with nature. We want to do this, but we're not sure how to do it. And we don't want to hang about with strangers. Well, (laughs) here's an option for you. (laughs) Do you do your advertising on on Facebook and Instagram? Is that your main kind of channel? Yeah. Yeah. So do a lot through yeah facebook and instagram and then google apps can be a, a minefield really you know i, I made some mistakes at, at the start with google ads and you know you end up spending way more than you ever thought you were going to and things like that as well <laughs> pr and people writing nice little articles about wham and then word of mouth has been yeah. absolutely the best from there australia is quite fortunate that, that there's 
a lot of internationals that live here so they still want to explore australia mm, so i found yeah. that that's quite a quite an interesting area yes. of different groups of of people that, that aren't necessarily australian but live here that want to go on a little adventure so yeah no that's that's so true i know from my own personal kind of experience of having to think locally around how to go do things this is exactly the kind of thing that you want to do something that's a little bit of exercise a little bit of outdoor a little bit of nature with that kind of eco sustainability thrown in as well it's just such a perfect mix you mentioned before that you launched at the beginning of the covid period and that has been tricky but you also i know we, we talked about this offline you have some tips don't you about how you can get through a business launch in a period like this. Do you want to share some of those? I think, I suppose more from a sort of setting, what it allowed me to do setting up Wild Adventures Melbourne was it allowed me to put more time and dedication to building the foundations of the business to be regenerative. And I work with a, a company here called Regeneration Projects. Matt, the guy that owns it, is just an amazing person at helping you sort of channel your ideas into the building blocks to put that in place. I've always found it amazing with the industry that the places we're promoting, the places that we're earning a, a living from, from selling, we're not doing our best to try and protect. And there's some amazing operators out there, don't get me wrong, but as an industry as a whole, there's such a journey that that needs to be done to do that. And as I mentioned before, things like, you know, the bushfires going on and then people cancelling their flights to come to Australia or the smoke descending on Melbourne and not being able to operate, it's affecting the industry. So we all need to work really hard to sort of battle mm. that. I think tourism accounts for 8% of the world's global emissions or, or something mm. like that. So a significant amount of emissions. But then there's other countries where there's things like flight shaming. I think that originated in Sweden a few years ago about people flight shaming. And is that that they don't go on a long haul flight? You know, a long haul flight from Europe, for example, to Australia is, is obviously a lot of emissions and, and all of that. Or is it reducing their short haul flights during a year and their, you know, their little long weekends in different parts of Europe and taking that one long haul flight a year? Mm. It's, it's a really interesting one because like for me, traveling so, so important. Uh, it's it's so, so important to open your mind to, mm. you know, really sort of discover people and cultures and become a more rounded individual doing good as well. If we were to say, no, stop, stop traveling, only go by train or, or whatever, you know, Australia is, is an island. You know? <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to struggle with that. But, you know, for me, like you, you come here to Australia and you go on a cultural tour with an Aboriginal guide and they know absolutely everything about the land and the plants and the flora and fauna and they're almost telling you the origins of living a sustainable life and that is invaluable for people wherever they are in the world however far they're coming from to take home and do that so I guess as a, as a tourism industry we can do the bare essentials which is Things like having, yes, we try and reduce our waste in our office and yes, we have an acknowledgement to country and, and mm. things like that. But but what else are you doing? You're doing an acknowledgement to country, but are you respecting culture? Are you supporting Indigenous businesses? Are you promoting, you know, Aboriginal operators? Okay, you're offsetting your emissions, but what else are you doing? Are you going out there and planting trees or, okay, you're saying that you're reduce, reuse, recycle, but how do you eliminate, how do you 
get to zero waste on, on your tours or when you're going, taking someone to a location, are you taking them there on your coach where they've got pat lunches and then they're leaving again and they're not mm. spending any money in that local mm. area? You know, like what, what's all of that? So I, I think that's what I would love, like more of the industry to go to kind of look at these different elements and go, okay, we're going to go beyond the bare essentials here and we're really going to try and have a positive impact. And, and together, that's a significant thing towards supporting the environment. So it sounds like you need to kind of also offer an armed wham, which is going out and educating businesses and, you know, other tourism companies all around the world. There's an amazing operators based here in Australia that have a depth of knowledge that is absolutely fantastic. And they would be amazing advisors for parts of the industry that want to sort of potentially adjust some of the ways they, they operate and things like that. I think wham is in a very fortunate place because we could do that from the very start yeah whereas if you're an established operator and you have all of these things in place you know it's almost kind of like picking that apart again and that that makes it more challenging as well so yeah i I mean there's some inspirational people and i've met lots of them about who have inspired some of the things that wham have done and some of the changes we've made and it's just trying to bring along as much of the industry as we can to to do that yeah awesome so we're kind of getting to the end of the um, interview and, and we love to ask everyone who comes on to the podcast what their favourite or most life-changing book is. So what's yours? Well, one I was reading during the first lockdown. We're in our fifth lockdown now, so <laughs> it's been um, a while. I was, I was reading Dark Emu by Bruce Pascoe and I, it's just a super interesting book, not just because a lot of the... I mean, it talks about Indigenous culture and ways of living all across Australia and things like that as well. But it kind of deepens your respect for that and understanding that, which isn't really as known of, of how sophisticated different elements of, of Aboriginal culture was and agriculture and and their ways of living was absolutely ingenious, some of it as well. And still is now, you know, there's a company based here on the Mornington Peninsula called Living Culture. They're an Indigenous owned operator. We went on a walk with them the other day. It's just amazing things you walk past absolutely every day. They tell you that sort of wealth of knowledge from them as well. And so we always want to kind of promote companies like that and and promote Mm. Aboriginal culture because that's not our place. You know, we want to respect and we want to acknowledge and we want to contribute, but that's not our place to take these cultural tours. That's exactly what these amazing Indigenous guides and small local businesses showcasing native produce and things can, can do as well. So reading that helped me kind of you know, understand that and kind of explore things a bit more and and I suppose open my eyes a bit more. Yeah, it sounds like a fascinating read and so on topic for you and I'm sure inspiring as well to continue evolving your business. And, you know, you feel passionately about the the environment and your footprint on it, on the world and the changes that you're making. But if you had a podium and you wanted to kind of tell people a few important things, what was, what would be on topic for you? I think it's a case it can be so intimidating sometimes to make you think you've got to make all your changes at once and therefore you don't make any changes whatsoever and yeah. so being a you know a conscious traveler or operator or just in in your general lifestyle just making these little small 
changes and gradually making those changes can can make a huge difference in the end i mean right now it's it's july we're plastic free july you know we we try and live this sort of plastic free life but there's trying to go complete elimination on that is it's really challenging in, in, <laughs> yeah. in the world oh, we live in yeah. but we're trying and it's like okay well let's let's do this i think that's i, I suppose the best advice i can make is is for people just to kind of have a look at their lives have a look at all mm. aspects of it and see where these little little tweaks and changes can be. And quite often, more often than not, find that it's not actually going to cost any more money, but it's going to have a massive overall impact long term on, on the environment. So, um, yeah, I think that sort of little changes is a huge one, really. <laughs> yeah, every little counts. Thank yeah. you so much, Nick. It's been absolutely fascinating talking to you. We've, we've been talking for a long time and I am just, I'm, I'm going to come down as soon as borders open. We're coming for a, a family visit. But um, thank you so much for joining on the podcast today. And I really, you know, I'm really excited for your business and want to see where you go year by year. So thanks again for joining us on here and good luck for the future. Thank you. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, definitely come down for a little eco adventure <laughs> soon. We'll be waiting yeah. in Victoria. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Thanks so much. Speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and stay tuned for more episodes from A Moment with Modern Mentors coming your way soon.